everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope the content encourages you and helps you build your faith. Now enjoy the message. Here's extra credit for you. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Think about that for a second. Faith comes by hearing. What you're hearing is either building or destroying your faith. And hearing by the Word of God. In other words, if it is coming by this, you are building your faith. If it's not coming by this, then what are you building your faith on? Feelings, opinions, those sort of things. When, when I've been thinking about how do I want to wrap this up, the Lord kept bringing me to this. We have to understand faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by the things that I'm listening to and I'm allowing to come into my mind. Look at me. It, you cannot spend 15 minutes a day in this book and then five hours listening to garbage and scrolling junk on social media and expect to have your faith outweigh your feelings. You can't can't come here for one hour on a Sunday and get all tuned up and ready and then spend the rest of the 167 hours of the week doing nothing but listening to things that are polluting your mind, that are tearing down your faith, and then wonder why is it that I'm charged up on Sunday and by the middle of Monday I'm back down in the dumps again. Faith comes by hearing. What are you listening to? What are you saying to yourself? Do you know that the things that you say could be in direct contradiction of you building your own faith? You could be tearing down your own faith by the things that you're saying and you're hearing yourself say, don't speak your feelings, speak your faith. Well, that's just how I feel. I don't care how you feel. I care about your faith. What does your faith say? What are you sowing into your life day by day? I knock something out of my Bible. I get so fired up about that. What are you saying to yourself that coordinates with God's word that sets up and builds your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it is dollar for dollar. Well, if I'm going to you know, be on social media for two hours, I've got to be in the Bible for two and a half hours or else I'm going to be out of my... No, I'm just saying what you want to do is you want to build your faith here and then you want to resist everything that is going to be contrary to it. You have to get rid of everything and make sure if there's 24 hours in a day, you spent 13 here, you're going to be out of balance. No, I'm just saying once you recognize by the sensitivity of the Spirit that something that you're listening to is contrary to what God is trying to do in your life, make it go away. Turn it off. Block it. Hold down the picture, and when it pops up, click not interested. One of my favorite features on Instagram. Hold it down, not interested. Why am I not interested? Because faith comes by hearing, and I'm sick of hearing your garbage. Sick of hearing your rhetoric. I'll look at pictures of you and your kids and your family and your vacations and all of that stuff. But once it starts coming against my faith, it has to go. That was extra credit. All right, let's jump in. Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. First, Matthew 6, verse 26 If you're new this week, we are wrapping up a season called The Birds Are Eating. Let me tell you where we've gotten that from. It's Matthew 6, verse 26. Jesus says to us, look at the birds. Take a good, close look at the birds. Anybody in here have a greater sensitivity and awareness to the birds the past three weeks? Man, I hear them all the time. 
Like every, the bird there, bird there. Oh, bird. Uh, birds are like, I'm all about the birds right now. <laughs> it's for the birds. Verse 26, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? In other words, the birds are eating. The birds are eating, so am I. Aren't we more valuable than the birds? They're eating, they're fed, they're taken care of, everything is good with them, and I'm worried? No, 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 I shouldn't be worried. I should have a promise-filled, worry-free faith because the birds are eating and I am more valuable than they. I want to make very, very clear um, the declaration that the birds are eating and so am I is not just solely about food. What does he say? He doesn't say, are you hungrier than they are? Are you satisfied? He says, you are more valuable than they. So it's a declaration of value, saying, I care more for you than I do those things and I care for those things pretty good which means you're going to be okay. Then last week, we talked about the ravens, how the ravens were the detestable, unclean animal, and yet God used them to fulfill his purpose. He commanded the ravens to feed Elijah. And then we wrap up Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Context is important here. Israel is in Babylon. They're awaiting captivity. Isaiah was a prophet sent to them to minister to them during this time, and they have screwed it up, they have failed, they, by their own pride and their own strength, declared they weren't going to listen to God or do what God had asked them to do, and now they found themselves in captivity. They found themselves totally messed up. Remember, Welcome to Babylon, a season that we did about the rebellion and the rejection and the desire to be their own God, lowercase g. That's what's going on here. So they're headed into captivity, and Isaiah comes, Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. He says, O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Did you catch the imagery here? Been thinking, I was just talking to Warren about this before service. So when I'm looking through scripture and I'm looking at birds, there is a consistent reminder that the Lord is supreme, and we find it in these birds. He's saying at the very, very beginning, he sends out a dove, he sends out a raven, and when they come back, it is the testimony that God's judgment is finished and he's ready to restore. If we look at the ravens from last week, he uses what is unclean, what is detestable. He used the most minimal of birds to fulfill his promise. And now he uses the most magnificent of birds to show the victory that we have in him. In other words, the message is this. God needs very little to do great things with his promises in your life. It's not about the bird. 
It's about him. And he can use anything. So if you're in here wondering if God can use you, he can use a raven. He can use you. And then if you're in here and you feel weak and you don't feel very strong, he uses the most magnificent of birds to display that he can lift us to a power. So he doesn't need us to be great because he is great. He can elevate us to that level. He has the power to do those things. And the birds serve as images of that. When we hear the birds are still eating, we know that because God cares for them, he cares for me. When we know that the ravens are feeding Elijah, we know that God can do anything. God can move through anything to provide for us. When we hear about soaring on the wings of eagles, we know that even if we are weak and even if we're powerless and even if we have no strength, the Lord can elevate us to a level of victory. You want one more? Let me give you one more. Leviticus 5.17 talks about the offerings, and he says, take a lamb for the sin offering. Jesus was the final lamb, the sacrificial lamb that cleansed us of our sins. He says, take a lamb for your sin offering, and if you don't have a lamb, buy two birds. And offer one of those birds for the sin offering, offer the other one for the burnt offering reconciliation. What did he just do? He said, if you don't have a lamb, a bird will do, and the bird gives the same thing the lamb does. The image of restoration, the image of salvation, the image of hope coming in the form of a bird is incredible. So we have Israel. And they're wondering what's next. And they're begging for hope. And then we have God talking about strength. Let me me illustrate it for you and then we'll we'll break through the passage. Had a lot of cool injuries in my life. Guys think they're cool. Women are just disgusted by them. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I stepped on a a nail, a rusty nail in our tornado cellar. We had a cellar outside of our house. There was this nail. I stepped on it. I'll never forget. I was like screaming and yelling. And my dad walked up behind me, put both arms under my armpits, lifted me right up off the nail and was like, all right, let's go to the ER. I was like, wow, dad, I got a nail through my foot. No big deal. But he he took care of it. I remember um, there was cheese. You know that cheese that's individually wrapped in in the plastic? Uh, I got a steak knife off the counter. I was trying to cut that plastic. I was like four or five years old trying to cut the plastic off and I cut through my knuckle. I got a scar on my knuckle where I just cut through, had to go get stitches. I remember I broke my wrist. I broke my ankle. Most painful was breaking my big toe. I got hit by a pitch when I was just standing there. I jumped, hit me in the toe, broke my big toe. It was, it was so painful. But one of the nastiest injuries that I had was tearing my Achilles. Yeah, brutal. I spent nine months in a boot. And the way I did it, I, I was I was standing. I was at a, I used to serve at a youth ministry right after college, and on Monday nights we played basketball in one of those sanctanasiums. You guys familiar with the sanctanasium? Old saints, yeah, I remember the sanctanasium. The carpet had like basketball lines in. It was really just an auditorium with two basketball goals and carpet and, and lines in the carpet. They were terrible. We tore that place apart. But I remember there were chairs everywhere. And we had to stack those chairs before we could play. So they had these long rolling carts. And I was trying to stack up all these chairs. And we were running out of room. So I stepped inside of the cart. And when I did, I was, I was trying to push the chairs up into the rack. And when I pushed, the rack lunged forward. And my leg was just like that. And there was this metal edge on the bottom of the rack. And it just shoo, cut right through that thing. And I remember when it happened, I mean, it hurt. It, it didn't hurt that. I, the, the pain didn't hit me. I looked down, and I saw that my, the heel of my shoe was filled with blood. I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. And so I stepped, and I tried to step out, 
And it, this is what I remember most. It was the weirdest feeling in the world. My foot would not retract. Like, I could not lift my toe. And I remember thinking to myself, come on now, come on now. Like, like what? I just, I had no, it was like, I know I have the strength to do it, but it's not working. What's happening here? Children of Israel are in a place where they're saying, God, we know we have strength, but something's not working. Like, what is going on here? We know we should have the strength, but something is not functioning properly. In Isaiah 40, 27 through 31, he gives a beautiful outline of how we live in his strength. I'm going to read through it one more time, and I'm going to break it up for you. This is a great Bible study outline, by the way. Isaiah 40, 27 through 28. This is the question. Maybe you can connect with this question. This is the question that's asked. He says, oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How can you say God doesn't see you right now? How can you say God doesn't know what's going on with me? He doesn't see my pain. He doesn't see my hurt. He doesn't understand where I'm at. He says, oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? I thought God was for me, but I just don't see happening what I desire to happen. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? That's the question. Do you feel like God isn't with you anymore? Do you feel like you should have the strength, but something is not working? Do you feel ignored? Do you feel rejected of the rights that you feel like and the promises you feel? Look at Isaiah 40, 28. Here's your answer. I love how Isaiah does this. He declares right in the face of those questions, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. In other words, he's saying, you really think that God doesn't have the ability to move in your situation. You really think God doesn't understand what you're going through. You really think he doesn't know your kids are challenging. You really think he doesn't know that your marriage is hard right now. You really think that he doesn't understand that you are overwhelmed with school, with work, with the COVID protocols and everything else. You really think God has forgotten you. Do you not understand? Isaiah goes to great lengths throughout his book to define and clarify for us God is creator, not created. Creation wears out. Creation gets exhausted. Creation is finite. The creator is infinite. The creator sustains creation. The creator is in all things and above all things. What Isaiah is doing is he's going straight to the source. You think God doesn't know what you're going through? He is the creator of the world. Matchless in all things. Sustaining all things. All things operate in the palm of his hand. And yet you think he doesn't have the ability to move. He answers with this is who God is. And now this is what he gives. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become tired and weak and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not 
faint. All right, let's wrap this up. Three points with God's strength. What does that look like? I know he hears me. I know he understands me. I know who he is. How do I access his strength? Isaiah makes it very, very clear. Who are the people that receive strength from God? He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. In other words, as to say, those who have come to the end of themselves are ready for the strength that God gives. Those who are done trying to be strong on their own, those who are done trying to figure it out on their own, those who are, trying, who are done trying to be powerful in their own might, those are the ones he gives strength to. If you feel like you are at the end of your rope and you have no strength and you have no power left, you are in a prime place for a greater power to overcome your life. You are in a prime place for God to show up and God's power to move. Lord, forgive us for times where we thought we were powerful enough to do what needed to be done. Help us to yield to the fact that you are all-powerful. You are in all things, and you have control of all things. My son, he, uh, he's five now, and we built a, a gym in the garage so we could work out our gym clothes. And we were in there working out, and I was doing some deadlifts. And he, all of a sudden, he wanted to do deadlifts. So he came up, he got a hold of the bar, and he wanted to do deadlifts. And I reached around the outsides of him, and he was like, and, he, and I was lifting the bar up for him. And he, he pulled it up, and he... You know, he drops it down. He does another one, and I'm sitting there pulling it up for him. And then we were done working out, and I said, okay, bud, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> what happens when you tell a five-year-old it's time to go to bed? It's like the fight of the century every night, right? No, I can't. I want to go to bed. I said, it's bedtime now. We're done working out. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm staying in the gym. And I said, no, you're not. And he said, I'm stronger than you are. Right? you got to train up a child in the way you should go. I'm like, all right, well, show out then. Let's see. I'm, he said, I'm stronger than you. I said, show me then, tough guy. And he walks up to that bar. I kid you not. He claps his hand. He looks like a power lifter. He grabs hold of that bar, and he, and he started pulling. I thought his eyes were going to pop out of his head. He was turning red. He was shaking and wiggling, and he, he wasn't moving anything. And I said, what, what's going on? What, what do you have to say now? He's like, oh, and I said, yeah, I went behind him and I lifted it again and he learned a really good lesson. He is not strong on his own, but with the strength of his father, he's better than he is on his own. Let me tell you something. How do you tap into a greater strength? You recognize that there is a greater strength for you and you quit trying to be strong enough to do it all. Strong enough to handle it all. Strong enough to take it all. I've got everything that I need. What are we called to be more than anything? A sacrifice. Not a hero. A sacrifice. Lord, let me lay my strength before you because it is nothing compared to you. And I want the strength that you have. I want the power that you have. I want the might that you have. The thing that may be keeping you from the greatest strength that is available to you is your own selfish desire to be strong on your own. Is to just do it all on your own. To take care of it all on your own. And then he goes, and this is the next step. It's just, it continues on. Isaiah 40, 30-31, he says, Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust. What is this all about with strength? 
It's trust. What is the currency of my strength with God? It is trust. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Just a, a little bit earlier, Isaiah 26, 3-4, he says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Peace and strength come by trust. If I need more peace in my life, and I need more strength in my life, I need to trust God more with what is going on. All whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always, for the God, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. This is just one thing. If you walk away with anything, walk away with this. Trust is submission. It's when we submit to the Lord. Control freaks right now. I'm a recovering control freak. I know how you are. I know what goes on in your mind. You try to control every outcome. You try to control every situation. And the moment you feel control beginning to slip away, my reaction, I don't know what yours is, mine is anger. I become a fighter. You, I, when I was a kid and a teacher told me what to do, I'd get, you're going to control me. I'll... I'll fight right back about it. I was rebellious as a 16-year-old. I quit a job when I was 16 because someone tried to make me do something I didn't want to do. I was like, nope, that's it. Took it off. Threw the apron down. I was like, I'm out of here. Two weeks later, I was like, man, how am I going to pay my car payment? That was pretty radical. Like, why did I throw a big fit? Because someone was trying to control me. Even in my marriage, I struggle with this. When I feel like I'm losing control, I get angry. I start to lash out. I start to get frustrated. God is calling us in those moments to submit to trust in him. You cannot control your life and trust God at the same time. You cannot control all things, manipulate all things, have your outcome in all things, and trust God at the same time. There are things I was praying for 15 years ago that had God answered, I would not be here. I think about that. There are things I was trying to control by prayer. We do that, right? We want God's strength to fulfill my purpose and my desires. God, I am praying for you to do this specific thing for me. And God, I need you to show up and do exactly what I need you to do so that I can be happy. That's not trusting in God. That's trying to control God. It's trying to control God's strength. Why does Jesus tell us to pray in the will of God? Ask for God's will in all things. Why do we come and say, Lord, if it be your will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because God knows far more about what we need than what we think we need for ourselves. Once we come to that realization, we can trust him. That God knows far more about what you're trying to control than you do on your own. So quit trying to control it and just trust him. Trust in him for all things. Put yourself in park. Stop trying to move forward on your own. And just trust the Lord to carry. You want to hear a funny story? You want to hear a funny story? No? Okay. I'll t- no? Yes? Maybe? We're good. We're good on time. I'm done in four minutes. We're good. You want to hear a funny story? <laughs> I said put yourself in park, and I thought of this. thought of it last week. Uh, so, <laughs> I ha- many of you don't know, I totaled my truck last year in February. And praise God for my insurance and his insurance, I got a new truck, and I got another Dodge. I prayed about a Ford for 30 seconds, and then the Lord revealed to me I was out of his will. So I got a Dodge. And I love this Dodge truck, but there is one thing 
that is different on this truck than I've, I've ever experienced, right? Uh, and in fact, I took a picture so you guys wouldn't try to take my keys from me afterwards. Uh, look at this. Okay, so right here, you see this? This is the, the shifter now where you shift, uh, whether you're in drive or you're in park. It's a little dial. You see that volume and that AC dial right next to it? You see? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like nearly the same, Right? So the other day, I was in a huge hurry. Leave that picture up there. I was in a huge hurry. I was trying, wait, take it down if they're watching online. Uh, I was in a huge hurry, and I had to get to, I forgot my laptop bag, and I went flying back to my house. I got in front of my driveway, my old truck, you, you did it right here, right? So I get to my driveway, and I go to jump out, and I open up my door, and I turn the thing to park, but I got the AC instead of the parking, and so I turned the AC off. I didn't know it, and I went to jump out of my truck, and I still had my seatbelt on. And so you ever done that? Where you like, I was stuck to the side of my truck and it started rolling forward. And I was like, what is happening right now? I had one foot like this and I was trying to, and the thing's moving forward and I'm trying to stomp on the brake everywhere. I couldn't find the brake. I was, I wound up 25 yards down the road in front of my neighbor's driveway, hanging halfway out of my truck. Like, why did this thing not go into park? What on earth happened here? Right? And then I realized something. I didn't turn it to park. I didn't stop the thing. And if I stopped it, I could have gotten done when I was trying. Sometimes we just we need to visualize ourselves as constantly trying to go. And God is saying, will you just stop so I can take over? Will you just pause so I can move? You make no room for me because you're trying to control everything. Because you're trying to go, 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 go. Strength comes by trust. And then he finishes here. Isaiah 40, 30 through 31, the rest of 30 and then 31. Man, I love this. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Another image of a bird. Um, this is really cool. Red Bull, in like 2017, launched a campaign. It gives you wings, talking about how Red Bull, you know, make you fly away, whatever. But they did something really cool. They met with a guy who owned eagles, and they had him. They traveled all over the world, and they would strap a GoPro camera to an eagle, and they would let him fly. And, and they captured the footage. You guys, play, play the footage while I'm talking about this. This was a, whoa, we went out. Okay, there, I mean, it is just incredible. They took him to the Swiss Alps. That's a GoPro on an actual eagle. And this thing, look at how effortlessly he is soaring all throughout. I mean, it is like some of the coolest stuff that you can. Isn't that amazing what those things will do? And look at how he's never flapping his wings. He's never doing anything with his wings. He's just gliding. He's just soaring. So you can bring the house up and leave the, the footage going if you want. Um, I'm reading about eagles this past week, and this is a really cool thing to think about. Eagles have, on average, a seven-foot wingspan. They have over 7,000 feathers, lightweight feathers, on their wings, which allow them to soar through the air effortlessly. As you see that, it is just, there is no effort. The thing is gliding, but the most incredible thing about eagles 
is this. They said, when an eagle spreads his arms, the way his wings are created and the way he soars, he actually has to give no effort because the way he's created, there are thermal underdrafts in the air and they come up underneath the wings of the eagle and they elevate the eagle in such a way to where all he has to do is spread his wings. He has to manufacture no movement whatsoever and he will climb up and up and up. In other words, there is a wind underneath the eagles that actually makes them soar. All they have to do is spread their wings. Let's go back to our illustration. It says, they will soar high on wings like eagles. In other words, there will be something underneath you that just begins to propel you, that begins to lift you up, that begins to elevate you. And it's not something that you can do. It's not something that you can manufacture. And it's not something that you can create. It is by receiving a wind underneath you that elevates you. That is the strength of God. It is not a strength that I control. It's a strength that I trust in. And it is one that when I receive and I walk in that strength, it will continue to propel me to levels of victory I've never been in before. If the birds are eating, so am I. If the ravens are feeding, so am I. And if the eagles are soaring, so am I. Everybody, thanks again for joining us. We believe God has something great for your life, and we hope this message encourages you to take the next step in your faith.